0: Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. The Gospel of John, chapter number seven. Amen. Judge not. According to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. And I want to preach on the subject through the eyes of God. Through the eyes of God. Let's clap our hands and praise Him one more time. Hallelujah. God, your will be done. God, have your way. God, for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated. Through the eyes of God, judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. You know, to judge is to form an opinion or reach a conclusion through reasoning and information. It's to conclude, it's to understand, and it's to find out. There are many courtrooms in our country that don't have jury trials. It's just the judge and the prosecutor and the defense, the evidence, the witnesses, whatever they have, amen. And once the, both sides make their case, only the judge sitting there, amen, it, it determines whether the person is guilty or not guilty based on the evidence and testimony that was presented to him or her. So he's not a judge, amen to judge the case before it starts. Amen. Or to have any predetermined assumptions or biases. Amen. He knows that according to the law of the United States, that all people that come before him are innocent until proven guilty. Amen. And I think that's a good way for every person Just in your life, uh, when you see something going on or whatever, until you get all the facts and the situations all lined up, uh, amen, that person's innocent until proven guilty. Amen. Sometimes uh, we we tend to jump to conclusions and and uh, we, we judge the case all in a second's time because it just looks like, uh, wow, well, it, it can't be anything else. But I've been wrong so many times. Uh, amen. Uh, along those lines, it's, uh, we, we just got to take some time and we got to look at things through the eyes of God. Praise God. Look at people through the eyes of God. In our text verse, Jesus was not telling us that we cannot judge. He said, judge righteous judgment praise God. You know, I worked at a window company for many years, and uh, we had salespeople that would tell us stories about uh, the houses they sold, the windows. We were high-end windows for luxury homes or whatever, and uh, there, they, one salesman told us a story about uh, a multimillionaire that was building a huge custom home in the foothills of Orange County. And he was going to have our windows in it, but everything else is fancy, whatever, the top of the line, all kinds of stuff. I don't know how many floors and square feet and how many bathrooms and how many rooms or whatever. And so the contractors and all the subcontractors were you know, just like ants just crawling all over the place and doing this and doing that. And, and uh, all of a sudden one morning, uh, you know, the con- one of the contractors was there or whatever, and this guy walks up to the property. And, uh, he's just in old tennis shoes and some, and some jeans and he's got a scruffy beard that he hasn't shaved for a while and his hair wasn't really combed. And, you know, he just kind of had like an old flannel shirt, uh, over a t-shirt and, you know, he walked up and just, you know, looking, looking things over or whatever. And this guy's going, well, you know, you know, can I help you? Like, what are you, what are you doing here? You know, we don't, we can't have anybody just on the property. You know, you know, this is very important, uh, person, you know, have this house being built and everything. We got to, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, just want to know He thought he was going to be, you know, like a homeless guy or a squatter. Or I don't know what. And then the guy just looked at him and he said, I own this p- building. I'm the one building it. That was the multimillionaire that didn't look like a multimillionaire. Amen. So this contractor judged him just on the basis of how he looked. Amen. And how many times have we done that? We've judged a book by its cover. Amen. And we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't jump to conclusions. Never be quick to judge a person or situation on appearances or on the surface only. Because as we know, uh, you know, looks can be deceiving. It takes time to get all the facts. It takes time to get all the information and to make the proper assessment of the situation. And we got to remember, I don't know about you, but I can't read anybody's minds. And I don't know what's in anybody's hearts. Oh, we can kind of, we can see hear what people are saying and we can kind of see what they're doing and we can see their mannerisms and their facial expressions and, and that can tell us a lot. But a lot of times it can't tell the whole story. Only time can tell. Amen. I'm reminded of in the Old Testament, King Saul was on his way out, not doing too good. The first king of Israel. And so God told Samuel, who was the prophet at the time, I want you to go to Jesse's house because the next king is one of Jesse's sons. Amen. And I want you to I want you to go over there and anoint the next king in advance. Amen. Uh, And so he went over there, and he kind of had to do it stealthily. He kind of had to, you know, uh, say that he was going for a different reason because Saul was looking at everybody suspiciously, and even Samuel had to kind of be careful what he did. And so he went over to Jesse's house, and Jesse had seven boys, amen. And so Jesse was excited to hear the prophet was coming. He wasn't sure why he was coming, but he said, Here, I want you to bring your sons in and bring them before me one at a time. And so Jesse brought his oldest son, Eliab, the oldest, the strongest, amen, to Samuel first. He stood before Samuel and Samuel judged only upon his outward appearance and stature. And he said these words in 1 Samuel sixteen six. He said, surely, I don't know if he said it out loud or if he said it to himself, surely the Lord's anointed is right before me. And he had the, like the oil that he's going to pour on his head. That was like the anointing of the king. And he was ready to go. And then God kind of like put the brakes on, stop. And the next verse But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Amen. We need to look at people through the eyes of the Lord. God will tell us what we need to look at. God will show us. And sometimes we just got to take time before we do any kind of snap decisions about stuff. See, since only God sees the heart, we need to be prayerful a people. We need to be sensitive people. We need to be motivated by God's love and led by God's spirit in dealing with people, especially in the times we're living in. A lot of hurting people out there. A lot of confused people out there. A lot of like just people not knowing which way is up or down out there and God is going to help us. Amen. Be the light and be the love. Amen to help these people. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. We're not here to say tell everybody why they're all wrong about everything. Praise God. Amen. Everybody's wrong about something. We're here to tell them what's right about Jesus, what's right about the Bible, what's right about the power of God in our lives. Hallelujah. Amen. See, there's a big difference in being a judgmental person and a person that exercises good judgment. You got the same kind of words in there, but it's very different. A judgmental person has an attitude of superiority, because they sit above like in judgment, you know, like the judges are always sitting like 50 feet high, looking down, you know, at everybody, and so everybody's kind of intimidated, right, so a judgmental person lifts themselves up in a, a a position of superiority, and they always judge other people more severely than they judge themselves, even if they're doing the same thing they're judging that person for, hey, amen, well, that's me, and I get a pass from God, because I'm special, but that person, ooh, whoo, That's bad news. But a person that exercises good judgment comes from a place of love and grace and mercy. They tend to be a much more forgiving person and they tend to give the benefit of the doubt. Amen. Letting people be innocent until proven guilty. Amen. And then, even when they're proven guilty, Jesus said, Forgive. Amen. I was proven guilty. Everybody, amen, all have sinned and come short. We've fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody has, amen, but thank God, amen. Yeah, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We all have sinned. That's why we needed a Savior. Praise God. So we need to approach people like Jesus approached Him. Amen, because God is not even on the judgment seat right now, folks. He's on the mercy seat. You know, it's so important to question ourselves sometimes. If God's not on the judgment seat right now, then why am I even thinking I could be on it? I shouldn't be on it anyway, but God's not there. God's going, hey, what are you doing up there? I'm not on there yet. Amen. Amen. All during the Old Testament, His presence, God's presence dwelt in the tabernacle and then in the temple on what? Not the judgment seat, on the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies. It was that, you know, the Holy of Holies and the Ark of the Covenant, it had a mercy seat. It was a lid with two angels and the presence of God dwelt on the mercy seat. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And over and over again in the Old Testament, we read a phrase that happens many, many times, especially in the book of Psalms. His mercy endures forever. Yes, amen. Not his judgment. His judgment doesn't endure forever. It's only going to be for a short time, but his mercy endures forever. Amen. I want to stick with the forever stuff. I don't want to go with stuff that's going to just start and stop and all that. So anybody that's setting themselves up as a judge, you know, that's a temporary job. Amen. I want the permanent endures forever. Apostle Paul, he talked about the dispensation of the grace of God. Some people get, get mercy and grace a little confused. They even think maybe they're similar terms. Really, they're opposite terms. Amen. Mercy is not getting what you deserve and grace is getting what you Uh, is is getting what you don't deserve amen but we need both of those when you get mercy and grace together amen it's a wonderful thing it's a wonderful thing so paul talks about the dispensation of grace The time of the church age. That's where we're living right now. So far, it's been almost 2,000 years, and it's going to keep going until the church is raptured, amen, or whatever. That's the next thing that happens, praise God. And so uh, we understand that we are in the time of grace right now. We're living in the time of the grace of God, not the judgment of God, the grace of God. Amen. And as God's people, our calling is to to, to dispense, to allocate, to disperse, and to distribute the grace of God to others. We are to be a conduit for the grace of God. Amen. We don't find God on the judgment seat until the end of the book of Revelation. So it's not time for that now. It's time for grace. It's time, amen, for For mercy. It's time for forgiveness. It's time to let the love of God flow through us in the Holy Spirit. And until that time comes, he's not going to be sitting on the judgment seat. Amen. Or a throne of judgment. Until that time comes in the book of Revelation, he's sitting on a throne of grace. Amen. Do I have Bible for that? Of course. Why would I make a statement and not back it up, right? Amen. Hebrews 4.16, and this is a powerful verse. Let us, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace. That's what we got right now. We don't got a judgment situation. We don't got a God sitting up there with a big old baseball bat just looking for his kids to do one misstep, and he's going to bust your head. That's not the God I serve. Amen. Some people might uh, be thinking that is what it is, but that's not the God I serve. I'm serving a God of mercy. I'm serving a God of love. Yes, sometimes he's got to judge. He'd rather have mercy than judgment. I said he'd rather have mercy than judgment. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he said, Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Praise the Lord. So whatever you're going through, whatever anybody's going through today, amen. I'm telling you, he's on the throne of grace right now. And you know what you're going to get when you go to the throne of grace? You're going to get grace and you're going to get mercy to help you in your time of need. So he said, don't sheepishly go. Don't timidly go. Don't just kind of go, well, I don't know if I'm worthy. He said boldly, get in there. Get in that grace throne room. Get in there and get to the foot of that throne of grace and get everything that God has for you. He's got mercy. He's got grace. And we need it all. Because the more we visit the throne of grace, the the more we are going to look at people through the eyes of God. Amen. And we're going to see them differently. Amen. We're not going to see necessarily a troublemaker. We're going to see a soul. We're going to see an eternal soul. Amen. Praise God. I should carry a picture of myself in my wallet around before I came to God. Amen. Praise God. And I wasn't no angel. Praise God. Amen. And I should say, you know what? What if somebody looked at me and said, ah, that's a troublemaker. They they don't deserve to go to church. They don't deserve to go to heaven. Oh, thank God that people didn't think think that. I thank God that they brought me in. I thank God they prayed for me. I thank God they helped me and they showed me Jesus. They showed me a better way. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And he took me out of the miry clay and shut me off on my, his, my feet on the rock to stay. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. We got to look at people through the eyes of God. Through the eyes of God. Amen. One of the greatest things that grace gives to us is space or time. Amen. That's why you might look around and say, man, people are just getting away with everything. Nobody's getting away with nothing. We're in grace. And grace allows space. You mean God's just letting them do it? Sometimes it's just letting them do it. But they're going to answer for it. Everyone, we're going to all answer for anything that's not been repented of and put under the blood. Amen. But sometimes, amen, he just gives, I mean, grace is space. You know what space is? It's space to get it right. I mean, right not get it right the first time or even the second time, but it's space to get it right. He's, that's what the love of God's doing for us. That's what the mercy of God's doing for us. Amen. <laughs> and that's what grace is doing for us. It's getting <laughs> us some time to get it right. We read the Bible, we hear preaching and teaching, we pray, people talk to us, and with all of that, hopefully, we will change and be what God wants us to be and get it right before He comes. Amen. And if God has given us space to get it right, and we're Christians, disciples, followers of Christ, shouldn't we do the best we can to give others that we're working with and dealing with space to get it right. And I know sometimes they're not going to get it right. I know sometimes, amen, that that person's not going to change or whatever. But I'm just saying, let's not just be the judgmental person. Let's say, try to look through the eyes of God. And we, remember, he even said, love your enemies and pray for them. Amen. And so he, if he asks us to do that, we, we are trying to do everything down to praying for them. And if they don't change, we can't do anything about it. We're just going to do what God asks us to do. We're going to be like Him. And through the eyes of God, we're going to look. You know, you know, God so loved the world that He gave, right? His only begotten Son. That's what we're talking about. He came in a very lowly manner in this manger. Praise God. Many About 2,000 years ago, and changed the world. The Prince of Peace, you know, came uh, glorified uh, uh, from the resurrection and the, was the king of king, all kings and the lord of lords uh, amen and uh, he god gave that uh, his son to us uh, amen uh, and he he didn't give his son jesus didn't come you you read all of jesus ministry how much did he judge how much did he condemn only religious hypocrisy read it matthew mark luke and John, Amen. Read up those four books. He did not condemn. He didn't condemn people caught in the act of very uh, of the Ten Commandments, uh, Amen. Transgressing them or other things. Praise God. He would just forgive them and say, "Go and sin no more." He didn't come to condemn. John three seventeen said, "God." sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And when we, hallelujah. And when we're saved and we become part of the body of Christ, the family of God, the church of the living God, he sent us not to be a condemner either. We are to be in that same vein that God was in, that same mode. We are ambassadors for Christ. Amen. We're asking asking people to be reconciled to God. We're showing them the positive. We're showing them the light. We're showing them the love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness of God. Hallelujah. And the love, grace, mercy and forgiveness of God will attract way more people than you, you know, giving like a hellfire message and going right to the end of the book of Revelation. This is where you're going if you don't get right with God. That doesn't work. Maybe every once in a while, but Amen. You know the the, the fear and the, the fear of hell might bring you to God and to the altar, but it won't keep you there. You got to love them. Amen. Praise God. Mother Teresa said, "If you judge people, you have no time to love them. Too busy judging. Got to go get my judge judge robes all pressed. I, I got. I, I, I'm very important. Very busy judging people. No time to love." She was so right. Jesus was all about loving people, forgiving people, and sharing with people the truth which sets us free. You, Amen. And we as Christians need to follow the Lord's example of blessing people, helping people, encouraging people, and pointing people to the only one that can truly help them, which is Almighty God. Yes. Amen. And I'll close with this last thought. Galatians 6.1 Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, not judgmental, spiritual, the judgmental people can stay outside, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted when it's, you know, everybody's got their time of temptation, everybody has their time of weakness. Everybody has their time, and I thank God, amen, that when my, if your time or our time comes, that we have doled out enough gentle spirit, amen, spiritual help and encouragement when others were down, that nobody's going to put their boot on my neck when I'm down, amen, because I was trying to be kind to those who were down. He said, restore, don't condemn, restore. You who are spiritual, you who judge righteous judgment, restore how using a, a, a gentle spirit and a, and a great right attitude. That's what the love of God is all about—showing grace and mercy to others. Amen. We're living in unprecedented times, as I already mentioned. Many people are going through so much. This is a time like never before to allow the God's mercy to flow through us in His grace. To all around us James chapter 2 13 my final verse for judgment is without mercy to the one who has has not shown mercy but notice this last part mercy triumphs over judgment that's why I said God would rather show mercy than judgment sometimes his hands are tied because we put him in a position where he has no choice so what he did was, I'll go down there. I sent prophets and they, they killed them and they made fun of them, amen. I sent this and I sent that and I gave them my word, but this time I will come myself in human form and I will do the final sacrifice. I will die for all human beings and they will have an opportunity to make it right they will have an opportunity to untie my hands and allow my love and mercy and forgiveness to flow to them so that they will not be judged amen mercy triumphs over judgment and god is rich in mercy and it's according to his mercy he saved us and we know that the last verse of psalms 20 23 said surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank God for His grace. Thank God for His mercy. Let's look through the eyes of the Lord, folks. I know sometimes uh, we, we in, a, in a moment we can be upset about things and, and uh, it can cloud our judgment how we look at stuff. Amen. But let's let God help us and let's let give Him space. Praise God. Amen. Because God's in control. And we'll just pray for people and talk to them and encourage them and show them Jesus. Amen. Amen. Like one preacher got up, he said, I give you Jesus. I give you Jesus. Amen. The greatest gift to mankind. That's what I give you, Jesus. Would you stand? What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.